0: This is the Game Changers experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers experience with myself, Adam Strong. And today we have an amazing show Fully packed as always, and today we have uh, Mark Wilkinson on the show. Today, Mark is a multiple business owner, coach, speaker, and author—or aspiring, going to be an author very, very soon. Previously, Mark worked as an international deep music DJ and record producer and uh, was a resident DJ for the big Ministry of Sound, which we'll talk about very, very shortly. And he played in 65 countries and achieved a top 10 chart. He also is a property investor, a health and safety consultancy, has a health and safety consultancy, and has got a book coming out called Life Remixed, which is endorsed by New York Times bestselling author Bob Proctor. So Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Ed. I really appreciate it. Very good. So you've got a really interesting story. You know, I want to start off because I know that, you know, you've gone through the highs and lows of being a business owner and an entrepreneur as such. But I'd love to know more about your previous life, which was all about, you You, you know, you were a DJ for quite a number of years. And um, for me, like, I don't know about you, but I always wanted to do a bit of DJing right because I liked music and I love dance and I don't know it's just kind of like for me I grew up in the 80s right that's when I was born I was growing up in the 80s but I really kind of into like the 90s old school as they like to call it right but I want to know is it all what it's cracked up to be being a DJ. (laughs)
0: Well, it was a brilliant young man's dream, you know, it was a brilliant young man's life I I got into music when I was six, I first heard Elvis and the Beatles on my mum's stereo in the 70s And I was like, wow, I'm in, Uh, you know, in the 80s, it's 1988 I'm standing in the middle of the nightclubs of London, Acid House happens After I've been through the soul music and everything else Acid House happens, 1988, I'm in the thick of it Uh, I'm on the dance floor, seven nights a week, clubs were packed Really? I mean packed you couldn't wow. even get into a club like, on a Tuesday night sometimes. It was so busy. So, you know, yeah, I mean, it was it was nonstop, seven nights a week, party central. And then I started, because of my love of music, I bought a couple of record decks and I started to mix a couple of records together. And I remember the first mix I did recorded it onto a cassette tape, and I played it in my car to my mate. And he was like, he was like, that's really good. I was <laughs> like, well, yeah, great. And so off I went. And um, and all of a sudden I started to DJ at a few parties, a, friend, a few friends' parties in houses. And then I started to make cassettes at home. So I'd made these cassettes and I, I mass produced them as Mark Wilkinson DJ mixes and gave them out to friends. They started playing them at all the parties and after parties. Next thing you know, promoters on the phone saying, do you want to come and play this, you know, play and be resident DJ at my club in Maidenhead? I'm like, yeah, why not? <laughs> the next 20 years, <laughs> the next 20 years are a bit of a blur after that, to be honest. But it was, you know, yes, it was incredible. Travelling the globe 65 countries living that life, that high life was just, it was, it was incredible and at moments. When you're DJing to up to like a thousand or 2000 people and you put on a tune and they all celebrate it. And they're, it's, it's like, I can only think it's like scoring a goal for like your favorite team, you know, it's just incredible. Yeah. But then there are other moments where it can be actually a little bit lonely, a little bit dark you're in a hotel in the middle of nowhere on a Saturday night because you're waiting to play some records to this club and all your mates are doing other things.
1: And, and so there's, you know, there's a yin and yang, isn't it? There's a. I understand. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. Cause I, I mean, I, I share the same passion for music like you do. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I, I really enjoy going out to a nightclub every now and then not that we can do that right now, but the point is, is that, you know, it's, it's like youx said, it's kind of that electricity, that energy about you know when a when a really good track comes on you know, and you, and it just like releases these feelings of endorphins and a happiness right and it's like oh you know you know, do you know what I mean and and you and for me I'm not really much of a drinker either I just kind of just there to just enjoy myself do you know what I mean so but that's really interesting. So well, the energy in the crowd, Adam. The energy mm. is in the
0: in the crowd, and, and yes. if you look at football match, you look at football matches now without the crowd. It's really not the same. And the energy is in that, that group of people together, mm. and it's uh, it, it's a powerful thing. When and, and and long, you know, I hope it comes back soon. We managed to get a little party out with Norman J. DJ before Christmas, uh, all socially distanced, all sitting, you know, and sitting in booths. But you know, hey, look, let's hope we can get back together
1: this year. You know, absolutely. So was going to say, tell us about this top 10 hit, because I'm curious about this top 10 hit. How did that come about? What was that all about? Was that house music related? Yeah, so it was actually a remix of Lou Reed and uh, David Bowie called Satellite of Love in
0: 2004. We were given the parts, we created a track. We did, you know, People ask me with the book Life Remix, they're like, what's a, what's a remix? I'm like, okay, right. So if you don't know what a remix is, it's about getting the parts to a track and then choosing the parts that you like and keeping those parts, and then discarding the parts that you don't like, Mm. and then making your own, so it becomes the Mark Wilkinson, or as it was at the time, the Dab Hands remix, which was the three of us, me, Richard, and Leo, the three of us together as a production outfit, we made this Dab Hands retouch of Lou Reed's Satellite of Love, and it, uh, it literally Chris Moyles got hold of it and Pete Tong got hold of it on the same day on radio one back then. And they just played it. I mean, Chris Moyles was actually reminded. He played it three times in a row. He went, listen to this. And he kept taking it back and listening. And that was on the breakfast show on Friday.
1: Pete Tong played it on the Friday night. Next thing you know, it's in the chart in like a few weeks later. It was amazing. Fantastic. And you know, I've got huge respect for Dave Pierce and Pete Tong and stuff, because I tell you what, I loved some of the house and old school music that they did and they still are around, you know, and, you you know, uh, well, you don't see them so much right now, but you know, just in relation, you know, they've been around for like, I don't know, best part of 30 odd years and you yeah, know, they have put some great tracks, high, big respect to them, but I'd love to yeah. know more about, I mean, must've been really tough though, you know, being a DJ. I mean, you t- mentioned around, you mentioned about the fact that it can be extremely lonely, uh, being a DJ, Let's talk more about the loneliness aspect, but I'd like to talk more about the lifestyle because it must've been really, really tough, the last lifestyle because of the, you know, the fact that nightclubs are open at nighttime, aren't they? And they have a huge impact on your health. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really aware of that at the time. I mean, <clears throat> I got into it because of music, right? I just
0: I just loved music. Music was a feeling, a passion. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really consciously aware of many, many things when I was younger. So I just went for it. And I went for it in a big, big way. Uh, I became successful to a degree, uh, and it was great. Uh <clears throat> but yes, I was out in nightclubs. And of course, you know... <sighs> I, got, I had a lot of addictive issues when I was younger. I got into a, a lot of addictions. Anything that was pleasurable, I got addicted to it. And guess what? It's in Life Remix, right? So, you know, the point is, is that those addictions were not particularly healthy things for me. And over a period of approximately around 20 years, you know, I made the party last from my first, t- first taste of alcohol at 14, to this collapse i had at 33 Mm. you know it's like you know 19 i made the party last 19 years and yeah you're right it wasn't it probably wasn't the most sensible thing but
1: Mm. interesting really interesting so in terms of like would you like always would you work typically it'll be like long hours traveling a lot i mean pretty pretty hectic lifestyle i suppose you know in terms of the routine right
0: yeah I mean I would it wasn't a lot of routine I mean one weekend I'd be in London the following weekend I'd be in Russia the following weekend I'd be in Brazil I mean one of my one of my uh, one of my most interesting gigs was a Thursday night in Brazil which was incredible wow. to get back on I had to fake back the following to be playing Milton Keynes on the Saturday so it wasn't all glamour right <laughs> but uh, but the point is is that it wasn't <clears throat> there wasn't any regular lifestyle and what I did was I tried to make sort of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday days that I could work in my recording studio and make some music as well. But my, my entire life was invested in music, from making music, playing music, putting on club nights, DJing at other people's club nights, traveling the globe. It was fun. It
1: was great fun until it wasn't. Until it wasn't, yeah. Interesting. Um, You mentioned about the fact that you collapsed at the age of 33. I'd love to know more about what were the circumstances of the reasons why your I suppose your body gave up, But and what's also were there... Was your body actually speaking to you as in calling to you as in, you know, were there warning signs that, you know what, something's just about to go down and then you kind of pushed them to one side or ignored them?
0: Well, there weren't actually signs of the rheumatic condition that sort of like, you know, exploded that day when I, when I felt, when I didn't fall down, I just actually let, just collapsed. The left, collapse. right leg just gave way. But prior to that, for some few years, I was getting a lot of stomach complaints uh-huh. so I was getting a lot of stomach complaints a lot of stomach cramps <clears throat> you know doctor told me it was uh, irritable bowel syndrome like IBS I was like oh what's going on but I wasn't listening and I remember one doctor said to me at one point he said uh, right <clears throat> what you need to do is he said, I can't give you anything for it. I can't fix you for it. You need to go to bed early. You need to have lots of green vegetables. You need to drink lots more water. You need to do it. I was like, how the hell am I supposed to do that? He said, I mean, I'm a DJ. I'm traveling. Airport food back then was, you know, worse than it is now. You know, it was just, it, was, uh, it, it wasn't going to happen. And motorway service stations, there wasn't any healthy options in there, you know? So look, I just, <clears throat> I was living a life and, and I was committed to it, but my body did start to complain. But I kept thinking I could get through it, I could get through it, I could get through it. In mm. hindsight, it was inflammation starting to build up in my body. And mm. over a slow period of time, you know, I didn't see enough water, I didn't see enough green vegetables. And, and uh, my body inflamed to such a point that it just stopped working.
1: Do you think it was down to also ignorance on your part about the fact that the reasons, you know, they're, they're kind of giving you some maybe tips and strategies and maybe hadn't explored into the reasons why you're getting these stomach cramps as to why you actually collapsed in the first place?
0: I, I wasn't ready to I wasn't ready to hear what they were trying to tell me. then. Yeah. Uh, I was I was totally committed to the lifestyle the, the the job, you know, I, it was a job. I I needed that money, I needed those gigs. I was self-employed, I was quite anxious. I was, you know, I had a lot of doubt and fear and worry. I was self-medicating with alcohol and God knows mm. what else, you know. And it, there's a a whole story behind it. And definitely those addictions were were, you know, like I said, I was addicted to pleasure. I was addicted to that Saturday night or that Friday night playing to those thousand people, and I would do anything to be able to do that. And, uh, and, you know, I was, I wasn't listening to my body and I think that was a big mistake. If I could go back and talk to my 20 year old self, I'd have a few kind words for him about setting up assets and looking after his health and doing, you know, all that kind of stuff. But Hey, that was then and
1: this is now, right? So Let's talk about, I know that you, um, when you did collapse and stuff and, and you, you kind of went down what I call Alice in Wonderland's rabbit hole, which, which was kind of the, the life of, well, it wasn't a life, but it was kind of, went from, you know, the high life, as I like to call it, to the low life of depression, financially broke, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. I'd love to know more about, if you wouldn't mind sharing more about that experience in those 18 months, because I think you said it was about 18 months that you, you know, it took your reality or it took, that's how long it took for you to be able to get to a place of, I'm of, I'm, I'm, I'm in this dark place to a place of, Safety and security and stuff like that. I'd love to know more about, you know, some of the journey behind that and and how you felt.
0: Yeah, thank you for asking. I mean, 18 months of of absolute agony. My body deteriorated. I just lost loads of weight, like, you know, four stone in just like a few weeks, even. It was just, I just got really stick thin. I was unable to shift my body. My joints froze up. I was just, know it was life became almost you know unbearable you know there were times when i thought i might as well just check out here because you know i'm not i'm not adding any value i'm not i'm not being the 34 year old man i could be uh you know and it was from from 20 years of being a party monster you know a party boy and traveling around the globe all this stuff it was a huge shock to my system to have this 18 months of agony. And the difficult part was I was undiagnosed as well. So nobody, I went to so many doctors. Did Some people you? said, why, why didn't you go to A&E? Well, it didn't feel like an accident, an emergency, but it mm. just ripped through my body. And, um, and I, I was like, right, okay, this is, this is really, really tough. And I went to so many doctors, not one of them could tell me in any way, shape or form what they even thought it might be. I mean, people were running tests on me and all sorts of stuff, but it just, it was, it was, oh, it was and, it, and that was more soul destroying as well, because if no one could tell you what, you know, what, what's actually going on, and, and I wasn't aware enough to understand a few things that I've learned since. I was I was going down sinking down the, the rabbit hole like you say and it, it just got worse and worse and worse and, and you know there was there was times like I said I thought wasted there
1: there's nothing worse than being being not knowing the answers and 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 I suppose the uh you know especially with uh you know with lots of people in the current climate with the with with regards to uncertainty you know whether it be with uncertain with your health uh whether it be uncertain in your business you know um I'd love to know more about Um, Because I know that for a fact that you had read the book, The Secret, you know, which is co-authored by quite a few of uh, my friends and including Bob Proctor and stuff. What did you take away from The Secret in particular that got you from that dark, depressed, broke, financially, mentally, loneliness to more kind of I'm now in a positive place of kind of in that transitional phase? What did you take from The Secret that was like, oh, my God, and it's hit you like a bullet train, and then it just kind of, then you're just off.
0: Yeah, so, so the, the story, ultimately, I got diagnosed finally by the, the, I went to a new NHS GP when I moved into a new area. I went to see her. She looked, took one look at me and said, I'm surprised you've lasted this long. Uh, she gave me an emergency appointment, which was six weeks later, um, mm. at, the, uh, at the UCL in Houston. And I went to see this guy. He listened to my tale of woe, he gave me this leaf, he said, you've got this, it was ankylosing spondylitis, rheumatic condition. He said, take these drugs for the rest of your life and you know, you'll, you'll be all right sort of thing. I was like, just give them to me, I'll, you know. And within a few hours, I was actually starting to feel like almost like normal, I was like, wow. this isn't So <laughs> we must never negate modern medicine because modern medicine actually can like, you know, can save us and, and actually help us in so many ways, particularly if this situation is very, very acute. Sure. Um, but the secret, the secret was something that I went up to Scotland because I was having this cramps i went up to scotland for a detox and i met this couple brian and annalise miller they're like angels and incredible people and brian was the one of the turning points in my life and he gave me the secret and he said it was on a dvd you know and he said watch this and i went okay so i went and put it into my laptop and i watched it once and i went back downstairs in the in the place we were the detox place and i gave it back to him and i said thanks like that and he went no he said go watch it again I was like, what? Twice in one day, he went, go and watch it. Because he, he knew, right? So he was like, go and watch it again. So I went upstairs and I watched it again. I was like, mm, okay. Tried to give it back to him again. No. He said, go and watch it a hundred times. And I was like, oh, right, okay, fine. So so I did, and I did commit to watching it a hundred times. And I kept watching it, and I kept watching it, and I kept watching it. And the bit that got me, to answer your question, the bit that got me was that Bob Proctor said in there, in the secrets to Health section, he said, the disease is two words you must hyphenate that word now i'd never heard that before in my life mm-hmm. and you know doctors have told me that i had an incurable disease just shortly before and then bob protz saying it's a disease and you cannot have a disease in a body if you are at ease so that's thinking emotion you know if, if you're at ease you will not have a disease in your molecular in your molecular structure in your body. Mm. This was, I was like, what are you talking about, man? And I need to understand this because you know I I've I've got a problem, and you know, I'm taking all these drugs to try and get myself back onto but but you're telling me that actually that that I play a role in this and I'm responsible for for these results. And and that was light bulb. And then from there it just oh, I just gained momentum, 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 because the more I studied, the more books I studied, self-development books, I'm surrounded by them, the more stuff I studied, the better things got. Bob Proctor said at the time, he said it to me at the time, he said, your way isn't working, try mine. And I said, yeah, all right, then, you know, I've got nothing to lose, I'll try your way. And in my little negative mind, when, yeah, you try it for a little while, but it probably won't work, and if it doesn't work, then you can go back to the way you were, and it'll be fine. Mm. But I thought, well, okay, I've got nothing to lose. I'll give it a go. I'll try your way, Bob. So I started doing some online studies with Bob and I started to go through a few processes. I kept watching The Secret. I read all these books. And guess what? <laughs> you know that, You know, it works. It's, there's certain universal laws. There's certain certain things that if we follow them, they will develop into
1: things in our lives. And, and I've proven that over the last 12 years. Very good. Very good. Very good. I love it. Very cool. So I'm fascinated because... I mean, DJing was, you know, that was one life, but it's very different from being a business owner, right? As you know, what did you take from your DJ life and bring it into your, into, into your business life? So
0: certainly the whole remix analogy that I dis- uh, described earlier is keep the pieces, keep the parts that you want to keep, the best parts, you know, keep the parts of your, your personality or, or your mm-hmm. life that you think, well, that's good and I can work with that. Uh, And then discard the other bits that are not good enough, and then replace them with better things. So I would say huge amounts of transferable skills, you know, I think every single one of us has transferable skills, you know, my, I got asked a lot about what my purpose is, what is your purpose in life? Why are you here on this planet? What is it? And I ask that people, I asked that of people a lot in coaching sessions. Uh, you know, I say to people, so what's your purpose? Hardly anyone can give me an answer. Hardly anyone has calculated it and thought about it and articulated it and, and then created it. Now, I understood. I, the, I had another light bulb moment where I gave a talk to some students in Manchester. And I gave this talk to these students in Manchester and about 10 of them stayed back after me afterwards and thanked me for the, the session and what I'd spoken about. And I got exactly the same feeling that I did from DJing to a thousand people playing records and they're all cheering for one more. I got got the same feeling from these beautiful 10 students who just said said thank you to me. I was like, aha. I was like, right, I like to bring joy to other people. As long as I'm bringing joy to other people, then all of a sudden I feel great. So let's keep doing more of that. And then I thought it's gotta be more, it can't just be joy. So I I got into knowledge and study and reading and sharing that creation and inspiration I love to create and inspire so as long as I'm doing joy knowledge inspire create which by the way is what we're doing now Adam yes i you know, sharing your stuff joy knowledge inspire create by doing that I'm living my life on purpose and if I'm living my life on purpose then I, I'm i unstoppable and as long as I keep to that so in, I used to bring the joy two hours on a Saturday night and maybe a couple of other times around the way maybe try and do you know bring a bit of joy in the studio and stuff like that but now now I've sussed this out I'm like right I can actually bring joy 16, 17 hours a day that I'm awake. So let's do that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that kind of makes more sense to me. <laughs> that makes complete sense to me. Um, what I was gonna say, were there any, um, I was gonna ask you actually, I mean, I know you mentioned about purpose, which I think is really on, on I think it's really, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? It's very timely, do you know what I mean? Cause I, I see so many business owners and entrepreneurs, even some of our listeners, that just go through life, right? Not really establishing or understanding why they exist on this earth, right? Uh, in terms of their purpose and terms of their why and things like that. Now, you also mentioned about the fact that you liked there are there are certain values that you that is really important to you. You mentioned joy. You mentioned creativity. You mentioned uh, purpose, which are really, which I think is extremely, and living by them every day, seventeen to eighteen hours a day. What advice would you have for for someone that is going through? I wouldn't say I wouldn't say uh, DJs as such, but what would you say to people that are going through people uh, a what I call a transition of change, or they're going through some difficult times? Maybe they're in a Alice in Wonderland's rabbit hole, right? And they're trying to climb out of it because the what the hardest thing is getting out of that rabbit hole, Mark, isn't it? It's getting out of that yeah. rabbit hole. And you know, and I can't kind of call it a a hole of discouragement. And when mm. you become discouraged, you become it's like you've had this, like you've described you've had something zapped out of you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, whether it be your yeah. energy, whether it be your personality, whether it be your DNA but what uh, advice do you have for people that are kind of going through those transitions and they're trying to find some answers? Any, uh, any thoughts there? Of course. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of people
0: out there right now. I mean, you know, the universe is perfect and life works exactly as it should. Hmm. Uh, life Remixed was an idea that I had 10 to 12 years ago as I climbed out of my own crisis. I went from unable to walk to running four marathons. Uh, I went from bankrupt to financially free, uh, you know, and that's part of the journey. And part of that journey is understanding, you know, your worth, your purpose, your value. I mean, there's people out there right now, and I've written all these, I've got, it's all in Life Remix, I've just put it all onto paper. But there's people out there with anxiety, doubt, fear, and worry, there's people that might be suffering relationship problems and divorce, there's depression, disease, there's people changing careers, there's money issues, there's challenges this can all be fixed by buying life remix but also as i've studied all of this great stuff that i've been studying i've got recommended reading all over my website because the, you know it's not just me it's lots and lots of other people that have got this wonderful wonderful message um, i would say find your passion you know find what you're passionate about be grateful for what you've got already if you start to be really really grateful for everything you've got right now you're sending a very powerful message to the universe that you are ready for more and more grateful you become. I'm, I'm so grateful for this time with you right now. Uh, I'm so grateful for this Zoom. I'm so grateful for this office. I'm so grateful for my n- numerous clients, hundreds of clients. I would say I'm seeing more this afternoon. I saw five or six yesterday. I mean, clients everywhere. You know, I've created this by good energy, and all you've got to do it starts from the inside. It starts from inside out. So start with the inside first. And I had to, I had to dig deep. And this is the, this is the thing, right? I went high very very high and I went very very low and when I was very very low that's when I had a choice go and jump off a bridge or actually dust yourself off and let's start again and let's do something more positive with with this opportunity of life that you've got and at 38 39 years of age I was living in my mum's spare room scratching my head going I don't know what just happened here because I was flying high and it's just gone um and so I would say find your passion. That will lead you to your purpose. Think deeply on why you're on this planet. You know, I I, I get people to do this all the time, and it's, it's sometimes it takes a lot of people a long, a patient process to get there. Sometimes other people will just go, that's it. I've decided. That's why I'm here. But once you do that, you bounce out of it. You bounce out of bed every morning. You're like, right, I'm grateful for another day. Let's do some exercise. But, you know, one of the things I did, even when I was in the corporate world, bouncing back from the bankruptcy, which I had to do for a few years, um, I I knew the power of goal setting because when I was bankrupt, I said I was going to earn 400 pounds a day, which at the moment at, the, at the, that moment seemed like a lot of money, it doesn't now to be honest. But at the same time, you know, I did that in about three years. I went from bankrupt to really good salaries over 100,000 pounds a year, very very quickly. Um, and now I just do that every single day. But when I was in the corporate world, still earning great, great salaries, it wasn't what I wanted to do. So I actually was like, right, I know the power of goal setting. So I wrote down the perfect day. Perfect day, get out of bed at 8 a.m., drink some water, exercise, live to my purpose, have a wonderful day, see loads of clients, have lots of happy people around me, relax in the evening with my missus, perfect day. And that's what I live, that's how I live it. But you've got to
1: goal set, you've got to write it down, you've got to commit to it. Here's a really interesting point here and I, I picked up a couple of things and one thing that kind of came about and i love the fact that you you know you found a routine you found some habits that work for you right because that's essential, yeah. and, and you've drilled them into your subconscious mind yeah um one thing that um has kind of cropped into my head is more of an aha moment or an epiphany was yeah. complacency because I, I i don't know about you but do you find that people are just waiting it waiting for the perfect life for it to be handed to them on a platter right and and they become too complacent in life and they just want it to be handed to them i'd love to know what your thoughts on our opinions about this because i have really strong views about it
0: well i, I want to hear yours next but what I was, thank you for asking what i would say is is that um procrastination is a form of fear if you procrastinate for too long, it's because you've got some sort of deep-rooted fear that's probably, as you say, rooted into your subconscious from a young age, that actually, oh, well, maybe I'm safe here. Now, nothing of note was ever created in a comfort zone. You know, you have to move outside that comfort zone to do something of
1: note with your life. So, yeah, I'm really fascinated with, with your with your take on it. <laughs> you, want, you want to know. I, do you know what? It's interesting because... I speak to a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs on a daily basis. Right. And they all ask me the same question, right. they all want to, they all want to achieve one thing, which is they want to achieve uh, success and success is very subjective to many people. Right. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what people are not prepared to do is they're not prepared. You already kind of highlighted the fact about a comfort zone. And now every day I wake up feeling, I'm used to being uncomfortable and I've got to be, you've got to be comfortable at being uncomfortable. You've got to be able to push boundaries. You've got to be yeah. able to live beyond expectation. You've got to go above and beyond on what's expected of you. Um, I mean, we, we, we're, we're pretty uh, new in uh, kind of how we know each other. But in reality, like when I are focused on a project or I am delivering Sank or I'm serving our audience, I des- I decide that from the go from the, from the word go, I do everything with excellence. Everything, not with perfectionism because I'm anticipating that things are going to go wrong and I know that they do. But it's to be kind of mindful and be what I call a pessimistic optimist, which is kind of contradictory in a way because what that basically means is that if you're a pessimistic, it means that you, it's likely that it's probably likely to go wrong, but you're optimistic because the fact that you put in you put in uh, uh, what I call subtle kind of first aid boxes or plasters or band aids to make sure that they that there is that you're preventing from a huge impact. So a uh, big example is you know we run a, a, a variety of different virtual summits as an example, right? Now, if you're running a virtual summit. I know for a fact that you you're gonna things are gonna go wrong. Whether it be technology goes wrong, whether it be an someone ha, has to let um, can't make an interview or whatever it is, right? You've got to anticipate those things are gonna go wrong, and because you've anticipated it, it doesn't feel like such a big blow. It doesn't feel like you've had doesn't feel like you've had the the crap knocked out of you as if you're in a boxing match and you just kind of paralyzed by fear and don't know what to do. So, from my perspective you know, I don't feel that there's room for complacency. Because if you become complacent, you become too comfortable. And when you become too comfortable, that's when you begin to plateau, right? And when people plateau, when people plateau, they stay there for many, many years, right? And they never move, they never move up, they never make improvements. Now, if you're plateauing, from my perspective, Mark, that means you're dying, because you're not actually moving forward, you're just standing still. Yeah, so you're either yeah, moving forwards or moving backwards, right? You cannot, you cannot plateau because if you plateau, you're actually going down. You're not bettering your life. You're not serving people. You're not being, you're not kind of what I call, uh, if you take a Abra, Abra, uh, Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you're not moving up the ladder, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, can, I, can I jump in here as well? Because I think you've, you've touched, yeah, you know, I love these kind of conversations where we stimulate each other. Um, there's a great line in the Shawshank Redemption, he's get busy living or get busy dying. And you've got a choice. We're human beings. We've got a choice every single minute of the day to either grow or die, you know, live or die. And you've got a choice. The bit you were saying there as well, which I love, which is, you know, for me, would be prepare prepare for the worst. But I would say expect the best, right? Expect the best because you want to expect that high level of, of uh, excellence, as you said. And the last thing I would say is many people don't understand their relationship with money. So they're, they're, it's almost like money rules them. Yeah. Uh, and actually, if you can flip that around, Uh, And actually understand that the way I ask people often, you know, how do you earn money then? Because I get a lot of people that are in work and would love to be entrepreneurial and say, how do you earn money? Then Go say, well, I've got got a job, I've got to work. I'm like, right, okay, (laughs) First one, right. Yeah. Let's have a look at this. Right. What you're actually doing is you're adding value and you're giving service. So if you're awake the same amount of hours as me a day, can you add value? Can you give service and how can you do it? Expand your thinking. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and I I think you made a really good point there. It's kind of, I'm a big believer in exploration, so exploring possibilities, but I'm also a real big fan of experimentation because, you know, if I work on a particular project or if some of our listeners are working on a particular project, right, is you've got to kind of have the analogy of the pessimistic optimist, right? But not to be too scared of being adaptable and nimble. But number number two is to be, you've got to be open to experimentation. You've got to be, okay, well, if it didn't work, was I an A player? Did I, did I go all in? Did I, did I learn from the experience? And if it didn't work out the way I wanted it to do, what things can I extract from the experience and put it into a new project as an example? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, I would say, I would say there's no such thing as failure. Uh, you know, if you
0: can, you know, if you can just banish that thing out of your mind, there's no such thing as failure. It's just learning events. isn't it?
1: Absolutely. It, we were talking about this on uh, Clubhouse actually the other day. And uh, I, one of my questions to our moderator panel, there was about 10 moderators. Most of them were all uh, multi-million, uh, million-dollar business owners and entrepreneurs. And I asked them that exact question. It was, it was all around what we were talking about. And uh, it was just really interesting uh, because what I define i don't define failures but we were talking about learning experiences right what is your big learning experiences and they were just talking about and you know most of them have been bankrupt not once not twice but three times over and how they've kind of you know bettered their life and now they're in a really good place right and it was just well, we re- fail our
0: way, we fail our way to success don't we i mean you know we we take the twists and turns and you know if you you know a little kid a little baby trying to stand up if the little baby falls back down, you don't
1: berate it and tell it how terrible it is. You say, well, Come on, let's try again. You, you encourage I mean? it, yeah.
0: You know, and it's, you know, if we fail, we fail, but let's keep going.
1: You know, it's interesting. I, 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 it's a good analogy. I, I mean, I've got four kids myself, and I, it was, I've also got um, a 10 month year old. And uh, with every experience in having my kids, of course, you know, you can learn so much from when children are in what I call development stages. You know the fact that they're so persistent in their pursuit of I want to crawl, pursuit of I want to walk, pursuit of uh, I want to talk, pursuit. So they they are so open to learning. Do you understand? And and it's interesting. As as we mature into uh, adults and we evolve, we get stuck into kind of more deep psychological uh, metaphors that kind of hold us back in in thinking. I can't do this, I, you know that kind of stuff. But any anything is possible. Um, my
0: ego took my ego took over, as a young DJ, my ego took over, and it was all about "Aren't I great?" You know, and I, you know, I attracted women that way. I was the center of attention. I played mm. music. It was all, you know, it was great for this young guy who didn't really understand much about himself or life. And uh, it took the complete breakdown of everything. Uh, for me to actually then go, well, hang on a minute, there's got to be a different way to do this, and, and that's when I started learning. That's why I, I've still got that childlike enthusiasm for life. I'm like, right, come on, what can we learn? What can we do, How can we do, can we do together? How are we going to grow something? You know, that's what I love. You know,
1: you know, it's interesting. With let's not talk about ego because I actually run a, a I don't know if you know this, but I run a club room, a clubhouse room on a Monday and a Friday, and okay. I call it. No BS, no ego, just authentic and genuine business advice. And I tell you what, it goes down like a storm. We have so many great conversations. I'm yet to have someone that has come in and basically flounted their ego ego yet. Because for me, you know, I, I just ripped them apart. Seriously, I ripped them apart. And I kind of, you know, we just put them in their place. But uh, but it's fun. And you know, I just for me, I just I've been in the personal development world way too long uh, for me to and you like you probably um to really kind of experience all this BS and ego because there's just no place for it. I think one of the things
0: I've learned to understand is that everyone's doing the best they can with the knowledge they have at this moment. Yeah. I know I was when I was younger, even though I was had a bit, a bit of an ego, I was always doing, I was just doing the best I could with the information that I had. I just didn't have enough information, right? So, so you know, I mean, yeah, there's people out there and I still meet those kind of people, as you say. And, and you know, I just, I'm just there for them. I'm just like, you know, if I can help, if I can't help, it's okay. Uh, you know, because they'll find their own way. They'll find their own journey. I found mine, you found yours, right? But I will definitely be jumping into your uh, your clubhouse room. <laughs>
1: And having, a, having, a, having a listen and possibly an input we'll see. absolutely definitely the other sort of thought process i had around here is one thing that from your djing life right and you talked about the fact that you did a lot of stuff on uh, you know it was all about you and ego and stuff like that what message do you have for our audience that sacrifice wealth over health
0: <laughs> Good, question. <laughs> Good
1: question.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, without your health, you're nothing, right? So, you know, I mean, health is wealth. And I uh I, I was fortunate enough to um do all of this self-development over many years, but I did have another flare-up, not as bad as the first collapse, but I had another flare-up in my 40s, despite the fact I'd clean up my act, I gave up alcohol as well at that time. If a doctor tells you you've got an inflammatory disease in your body and you're putting inflammatory stuff into it, it's probably not the most sensible thing to do. So <laughs> I was like, right, okay. I need to stop that, so I stopped drinking alcohol. I cleaned up my act, um, but I still had a flare-up in my in the corporate world. I had quite a few knee operations. There was quite a lot of stress. And, and what I discovered was that I prioritized, you know, my bounce back from the uh, the bankruptcy. I prioritized that all of that that those financial goals. I'd put them all over my health and everything. I thought I could handle it again. Uh, and and you know what I discovered was that even with a fully detoxed life. I would say 80% stress and 20% diet, if they're not right, if you've got if you're under, under you stress in a job or something you don't like to do or, or whatever, and then you're not eating correctly. So maybe having too much sugar, even, you know, not, not just alcohol, but the sugar and, and other things that we know are not good for us. Uh, you know, 80%, you know, the flare up of the disease in my body still came back. Even without a lot of toxins and everything else going on. So it was a really interesting process. But what I would say is is that you've got to get this is the this is the key to everything. I now I understand this. I've proven it twice. So I now understand this fully that I will not put myself under any mental stress that I can't handle that's it's not right for me. I will get myself and I am in a beautiful place of at ease and doing what I'm doing right now and being an author and writing books and doing lives and, and helping people and doing all the stuff that I do. I, I, I get so much joy from doing it, Adam. I just feel so at ease. That is the key. You know, if you if you've got, I think it's Eckhart Tolle, I read a quote this morning, said if you're, you know, don't complain about a situation, either change it, change yourself or or leave or move, you know, uh, because all else is madness. And yet so much of the world is is caught up in negativity and complaining and this kind of madness. And it's like, look, we all have the same amount of hours in the day. We've all got energy. We can all use it. And and what I do a lot, I don't, you know, this, I'm sure, but the word education actually comes from a Greek word, which is educo. And it actually means to draw out from within. So actually, you know, as a great trainer yourself, as a great educator in these podcasts and everything else, what we're doing is we're drawing out from within the greatness of those individuals, you know. And it's almost like moving the mind out of the way and getting in touch with yourself and actually being able to do something really, really positive.
1: Oh, we're getting deep in the spiritual side of stuff now, guys. This is interesting, right? I love that. (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. Tell us a little bit about your, your new book. I know that you've kind of briefly spoken about it, but uh, just give us a, a, a bit of a brief overview. So it's a
0: story. Obviously, the first part of it, the first two or three chapters are basically, you know, what happened to me uh, because I think it's important and it, it shows that, you know, the first chapter is another one bites of dust. I hit the floor. I was all over the shop and it went bad. Um, And then after that, I I go through good times and then lost the music and a few other things that carry on. And it just it continues on. But the most important part of all of this. Yes, this is how much fun it was. Uh, Yes, this is how bad it got. But the most important part of all of it is this is how i fixed it but you know what it's not i'm not some sort of like mad genius it's literally just like anyone can use these strategies if you do what's in that but that's you know bob props are your ways and working try mine okay fine and then i've written it down i'm like here it is this is what i learned this is how it's worked and it's worked beautifully and it will continue to do so i'm happy healthy and wealthy i'm married You know, life is is as it should be, as it could be when I was, Mm. you know, imagining it. And Mm. the thing I would say is I was imagining this life that I lead now 12 years ago when I was in my mum's spare room with nothing signing on, but I imagined it, I visualized it and I kept to it and I kept to it and I kept, I got up and I got moving and I added value and I gave service and I learned more things along the way. And now I'm ready to share the story of Life remix.
1: Very good. It's interesting because you've used a lot of, um, there's a lot of, I mean, you've read The Secret and I have good friends of mine, Jack Canfield, Bob Doyle, and, and, and not just Bob Proctor, but there is a few people within my circle. And, and, and Jack actually talked a lot about, I remember we actually had a, a great guy uh, who I interviewed on our last Game changer Summit and his name was called Forrest Willett. He's Canadian born and he was in a hospital bed. And basically, what happened to him—similar kind of story, I suppose—in a way, broken mindset, and then saw Jack Canfield on the TV, and there were certain words that Jack had said, and obviously Jack had been part of the secret and things like that. And it's interesting how his story is kind of similar to your story in a way, and and now I mean, very similar. You know, lives a health, happier and purposeful life, which is really interesting. So, guys. I mean, I'm literally, by the way, I'm not promoting The Secret. I just want to say that, number one. I don't get commissioned for promoting The Secret, all right? It, it's a good documentary, so go check it out. Uh, in fact, there's uh, another great documentary uh, called How Thoughts Become Feelings, and Bob's part of that as well, run by my good friend Douglas Vermeerum over in the United States, uh, and that's a really good documentary as well. That's That was kind of I suppose the, the, the carry on after the secret because the secret's been out for quite some years now. So that's all good. Um, good. So I was going to say, so now we've, now you're in a happy place. You're in a good place. You're successful. You're in property investing. You're, you're a health. Uh, you you have a consultancy health and safety consultancy. What's next? Uh, right book two I expect I probably need to do it a bit quicker than the last one uh,
0: but uh, <clears throat> I mean I wrote Life Remixed inside 12 months uh, and and then I've promoted it for the last six months and here we are but I mean it was 10 years ago they had the idea of it and it's been 50 years in the making right so but no book two will definitely be a, a follow up uh, I want to see obviously how this is received and what people like I mean we've had some wonderful endorsements Marcy Shymoff also from The Secret has endorsed it and said it's wonderful so is Bob Proctor as you say Peggy McColl uh, judio Burn, and then and then lots of other people professional footballers i've had people you know i've had people all kinds of people jumping in saying how much they love it and so you know i think that's that's an awesome endorsement so i'm really happy with that we will continue with coaching with live events i obviously work with kevin green i love kevin kevin's excellent at what he does around coaching people around property gold and silver and wealth investment which is fantastic um and uh you know we just keep going we keep growing we keep growing uh, we had as much value as we possibly can. And, uh, and then we live a, a long and happy life is the goal, mate.
1: Very good. Love it. Very cool. Listen, just want to say thanks so much for being on the show today. It's been great to have a chat and catch up and whatever it is. I think that there's been some, I hope that you guys have been taking notes because there are some great golden nuggets in this show. I can tell you that for sure. I was going to say to you? Uh, yeah. So Mark, just want to say thanks very much for being on the show today. Thank you, Adam. Really appreciate it. All good. So guys, listen, hope you enjoyed today's show. We'll see you back again on the next Game Changers Experience. Uh, We'll see you again. See you soon and take care. See you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, you guys. I just want to say thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the Game Changers Experience. I hope that you got some amazing value, some great insights